0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: got to take it. He's got it! Boston
0: wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is
1: the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything.
0: You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think.
1: All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We're your hosts, uh, Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, here from uh, our homes in Massachusetts as Christmas approaches. And and I want to know, uh, what do you do every Christmas, Bob? And, and what do you want
0: for Christmas this year? Uh, I've, for the past several years, my wife and daughter and I have been going to visit, uh, overnight with our, uh, my daughter-in-law and and my three uh, grandchildren, uh, in a long meadow mass, long meadow being, uh, uh, the first town over the border from, uh, from Springfield. Uh, and, uh, only about seven, to eight minutes from the basketball hall of fame. Anyway, we go out there on Christmas Eve and spend Christmas Eve there, and then Christmas Day, and 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 uh, that that's that's been our routine for the last several years. What do I want? I I really, you know, you can always give me a book, you can always give me music you know i mean you know they, i'm a jazz and 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 50s and rock and roll guy and but i'm, a, I'm any good jazz album i'm i'm fine and you can uh, and of course what i really love is travel you know so uh but uh but really i don't do i need another do i need another sweater oh probably you know but you know do i need another i don't know. you know i don't need anything in that at, at all i'm doing, i'm doing pretty well do you do the
1: uh, the shopping for the grandkids how old are the grandkids
0: uh 20 uh, no, my wife, uh, you know, my wife takes care of that. <laughs> she handles that. <laughs> I, I'm the chancellor of the exchequer. You know, I signed yes. it, I, You know, I I pay the bill, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> that that's my role. My, my daughter, as you know,
1: is is 16 now and has taken a liking to hockey. So, uh, I was actually at the Seton Hall Maryland game at the Prudential Center in Newark earlier this week. You know it well, I'm sure. And uh, I was staying at the There's a Marriott Courtyard. Uh, literally attached to it Mm -hmm. and as I was leaving to catch the train to go from Newark to Philly to catch the Kansas Villanova game I passed through the the New Jersey Devils team team store and uh, she's a big hockey fan now so I had to get something for her there that's all she wants for Christmas is is hockey something (laughs) hockey related um, which is crazy because the girl didn't know what a hockey puck was uh, a year ago so I went in and you know I got her a sweatshirt I got her a ski hat and then I got a a pack of hockey cards. It's like, eh, they're like seven bucks. Why not? And I I handed them to her last night, and she looked at him like, what is this? <laughs> As probably a lot of kids do these days. Um, and then ten minutes later, she came downstairs. She's like, these are really cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I know. I used to do this with baseball cards. They were my life, you know, back when I was younger than her. Obviously, when I was probably eight till uh, her age. And then I, I probably at 16, um, was sort of done with getting autographs on baseball cards, stocking, uh, players at the Weston, uh, in, in Copley or, or, or the Marriott Longworth or wherever the teams were situated. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's kind of, all she wants is, is hockey
0: stuff. I would have been surprised to, to learn that, Cards of that nature no longer exist at all. There's such a, they're not part of this generation's experience or, or, or thinking as a rule. But you're right. I grew up. Uh, you know, baseball cards were a big deal, and and I remember. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you know, trauma over. You know, the classic example of the mom throw out the baseball cards kind of thing. You know, but uh, you know, everybody has those family stories. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's that's great though. I'm glad to hear this, that they still exist. All right, so let, let's let's start with college
1: hoops. Uh, yes, because I actually think. The storyline in college hoops might be bigger than whatever storyline we're going to talk about in the NBA, which we'll hit a few here. Um, the biggest story coming out of college hoops and and was kind of further furthered my belief in the preseason watching Villanova beat Kansas uh, the other day at the Wells Fargo Center was that there's no dominant team in college basketball. You know, we're going to have another number one, um, whether it's Ohio State or Gonzaga. Um, today we're, we're taping this podcast just before the AP poll will be released, but it was Michigan state in the preseason, then Kentucky, then Duke, then Louisville, then Kansas, this'll be number six. And I think there's a, there's a legitimate chance you could have by the end of the season, uh, 10, uh, teams holding down the number one spot, which is just absolutely insane
0: Is this parity good? Is it bad for college hoops? The age-old question at any sport at any time is whether it's better to have the target team, the marquee team, the dominant, so-called dominant team that everybody can rally around and, you know, and focus on, or whether it's to have... Uh, it's good to have the what we have the the, the P word in progress here the parity word. Uh, I've always uh, leaned a little bit more towards the parity one, even though I think the consensus feeling is it's good to have the marquee team. Well, we don't have it. We know you don't have. We know we don't have it, and it's just where we this where we are. Um, um, I think it's OK. I think it's wonderful because I think it's going to set up a good uh, uh, January, February with with a lot of good matchups, a lot of good uh, 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 questions. You know, there's a lot of good games, period. I think there's a lot of good games and in, uh, in store and all the all the leagues uh, top to bottom. So I think that's really good. Now, on this topic of great teams, I'm of the opinion that uh, the last truly great team was that oh six oh seven Florida repeat team that we've had some we've obviously we had all the kinds of national champions including some very big marquee schools hello Duke you know and hello Kentucky but the fact is that um, uh, that last that Florida team was special they did something we're never going to see again Jeff which is guys ready to go to the NBA saying ah I'll wait a year let's come back and do it all over again which uh you that's Absolutely, uh, beyond them, the realm of p- any thinking and possibility of the modern uh, player.
1: Yeah, Joakim Noah could have went top three and and decided to come back, and Al yeah. Horford, and you, Fru- you know you had Fru- NBA Fru- guys. You had great chemistry with with, with guys like Corey Brewer, uh, Torian Green, Lee Humphrey, Billy Donovan. Uh, I, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think there's been. That dominant team. Now, again, Kentucky was fun to watch that, with Anthony Davis and Michael
0: if, if they had chosen to do it yes. that way, they could have been a team for the ages. You know, of the Kentucky, uh, that group, I think. Uh, but they didn't. You know, they they didn't do it that way. They did it the way you do it. Now, you get the hell out. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: that's what I – so I was talking to Bill Self about that after they lost to the Villanova. And, and I've talked to numerous coaches about it this year. and I, And I think – it's fairly easy to, to figure out why college basketball has more parity than ever this year, why there's no dominant team. And it, to me, it's twofold. One, the easy one is the freshman class isn't that great. And a lot of these freshmen, uh, LaMelo Ball overseas, RJ Hampton overseas, James Wiseman's going to end up playing three games. Um, a lot of the guys that were the best players went to schools. You know, two of them went to Washington, Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels. Uh, again, Wiseman and another kid, Precious Achua, went to Memphis. Two top twenty players. So you had you had Duke and Kentucky down in terms of not having elite level talent. But beyond that, Bob, the biggest difference. Listen, when when you started, even when I started in in, in covering college basketball, the only time a kid left early was when he knew he was a lottery pick. Now kids are leaving early when they know they're not even going to be drafted. A lot of them, you know, maybe they get a two-way. They know that. They know they're not going in the first round. Mm -hmm. They're hoping, all right, somebody guaranteed me for a second round and I'm going to get a guaranteed contract. I'm gone. And, again, some of them, like a kid, Armani Brooks, left Houston after last year. He knew he wasn't going to be drafted. You know, I don't know where – most. Kyle Guy is a great example. He went 55th. Imagine if Virginia has Kyle Guy, they're a completely different team. But he left. Because he felt like, you know what, I had done everything I did, I'll get my degree at some point and I'm,
0: I'm moving on. I'm not, uh, I can't speak, I'm not going to put him in a category because I don't know anything about him personally. Okay, uh, you know I, know, I know his game. But I think that one of the things that we've had, we have a new climate in, in general in which uh, these kids really didn't want to go to college in the first place. They they felt compelled. They the the times and years passed going back. I don't know where we I don't know where we draw the line. You're on the, you're out there in the trenches. I'm not. You could tell me this, or you could you could find. I could give you a, a mandate. This is your this is your homework assignment, Jeff Goodman uh, on, go. on the Ryan and Goodman podcast is to try to determine when exactly was the t- cut off line and the following idea. The idea that kids going out going up uh, wanted to go to. A, A certain college playing college was the glamour thing, period. That was big. And then, oh, yeah, if the NBA happens, it happens, you know. But uh, and uh, to the point where we are, we know that the elite players that is not the case. We know that from the time they get indoctrinated into the AAU experience, that they're thinking about the NBA and they're and and the college thing is is a requirement for now a year or two, and and they're not. They're not devoted, they're not passionate, they're not loyal, it's not in their blood. They don't, they don't care, quite frankly. Witness, you know, I'm babbling, I'm gonna stop. The transfer thing is yeah. so run amuck, so unbelievably run amuck to the point where you now expect that any team in the top 50 has two transfers somewhere in the roster right you have to and and they're lateral transfers they're not up and down they're not there's lateral transfers on the same level of i'm not No, some of them aren't obviously duncan robinson that was the 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 ultimate example of of upward mobility right go go from williams to michigan to a point now where he's he's going to be in the three-point contest by the way you know he's got to be be, yeah you know nobody else has made 10 this year but anyway (laughs) you see what i'm saying What's when did this absolutely turn and never look back that they're not these kids aren't interested in college at all? And, and where they go is almost incidental if it just uh, gets them to the point, you know, the way you get the NBA.
1: Now, again, I think it's different for, for every kid. Right. Kyle Guy went to college and, and loved the college experience. For him, it was unique in a sense that he had felt he had tapped out. With, his, with, with what he could do, right? He went from losing in, the, in the, the worst game of his career, the worst game of anybody's career, to them winning it all. So from the bottom to the top, and how could he really improve his draft stock? He Maybe did. he could have a little bit, but he wasn't going to be a first-rounder. I think he was smart enough to understand that, that he wasn't going to be a first-rounder, so why not go and, and, and not risk anything? Uh, but, there, yeah, there are other kids. This James Wiseman situation is, is crazy, Bob, because here's a kid who gets suspended – uh, for for taking his family, taking $11,500 from Penny Hardaway, his now current college coach. He gets hit with a suspension. He served basically half of the suspension, and he decides to bail on his team. Uh, he's going to be eligible or was going to be eligible feb- February, uh, January 12th. So we're talking like three weeks, a few more games, and he says, I'm done. Now, my take on that, Bob, is this wasn't James Wiseman's decision. As it often is not the kids decisions in these, in these situations, often it's the people around them and there's more hangers on than ever. There's way more than when I broke into this, this industry where you have everybody's got a guy and their parents want to get involved. And if their parents don't get involved, they've got people around them, whether it's coaches or a hanger on that just sees money or whatnot, uh, giving them oftentimes bad advice, sometimes good advice, but, Oftentimes, bad advice. Why? Why would you leave school early when you put in two or three years uh, to to go play overseas, get your degree, so you never have to come back? Because the odds are you're going to play overseas for I don't know six, seven, eight years. Then you're going to be thirty years old, and
0: then you're going to have to go back in a damn classroom at thirty. Yeah, why right. not just finish it up at twenty two? Yeah, but they they've just been devalued, you know, to yeah. the idea of it, you know, and and of course, and the money the money increments that we're talking about are so potentially enormous and, and, yeah. and, and, and worth, worthwhile as opposed to, you know, for 30 or 40 years ago. So, yeah, there's that. But uh, it, it's, uh, well, you know, and the thing about Wiseman, hey, they, 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 you tell me, Memphis could have made a run, right? With sure, him? with James Wiseman, no doubt. This year, <laughs> could like won. we talked about, there's 25 teams
1: that are thinking they, they're going to have a shot. Um, I, in fact, almost every at-large team, that gets in the NCAA tournament this year is going to legitimately go into this thing thinking, we got a shot to win four straight. Why can't we? We, At some point during the year, all those teams are going to have gone on a run, a good run and a bad run. And they can reflect on that and say, hey, listen, we just got to get that mojo back because the disparity is so minimal right now uh, between, again, one and 30 or 40 or whatever it is. I mean, Kentucky right now, Think about this. Kentucky is not a top 25 team. They don't deserve to be. They're not. Somebody may have them on their ballot, but they shouldn't be. They lost to Evansville at home. They lost to a mediocre Utah team in Vegas. And then they fought Ohio State, a top five team in Vegas, the other day. And that was a, it was a good effort. Uh, but ultimately, do you want to play Kentucky if they're a 10 seed? Because they still have more talent than mm-hmm. uh, 97% of the teams out there. So you don't want to play them. But ultimately, same thing, Michigan State, they haven't done anything yet. They haven't done anything yet, but you don't want to play those teams. So that's why the tournament, to me, yeah. is going to be more entertaining, more interesting, because you can pretty much throw the seeds completely out the window. Ohio State, we just saw it compared to Kentucky. Um, Duke has its warts. Kansas just loses to Villanova. And and, and their supposed best player, uh, Dotson, their, their point guard, has been abysmal in their two biggest games. So you kind of worry about about him. Louisville's got point guard issues. Um, you know, it's just, it, it'll be fun, but I think we got to get there, Bob. I think it's going to be hard because there's nobody that you say as a college, as a general sports fan or, or basketball fan that you say, all right, I got to watch that game. I, yeah. I think that's going to be the issue the next uh, month or so.
0: Well, there's a team I always want to watch and that's, the, uh, I've seen them twice now. I saw them against Arizona and North Carolina, the Zags, uh, they impressed me front court undeniably talented and, and and relatively deep uh the question is uh do they have the guard play or the goes are those guards as good as they you know look at times and, and 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 not i think that would be the question because i think the front court clearly is a is a, is a, is a excellent uh group um so i like to say look you of the minimal the little the samples small sample of stuff i've seen they've they've been the best team i've seen so far,
1: they, they've looked great. Uh, and the crazy part of Gonzaga, I'll give you another one. So Gonzaga last year loses Rui Hachimura, lottery pick, Brandon Clark, first round pick Plank. Josh Perkins, a fifth year point guard who had played probably, I think he had won as many games as just about anybody in the program. And then they lose their starting uh, wing Zach Norvell, who decides to leave early and he doesn't even get drafted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga is arguably the number one team in the country today. Um, just an amazing job by, by Mark View um, to, to kind of keep this thing going. I mean, he's 21 of 21 in terms of going to the NCAA tournament as a head coach in, at Gonzaga. I looked at him before the season this year, and I thought to myself, maybe there's a chance with losing four guys that this streak ends this year. Probably won't, but this might be the best chance in a long
0: time, and now we're talking about him as, a, as the number one team in the country. Maybe for the ultimate uh... – uh, fulfillment of what they can do Tilly has to stay healthy yes and that's been a problem right that's yeah yeah that, no doubt i mean Tilly he's, Tilly he's, to stay healthy yeah they gotta they gotta load manage him they gotta yeah. load manage Gillian tilly <laughs> as, as, as much as anything <laughs> yeah but you're right you're right but uh, but they've they've impressed me and i recommend to people if you get a chance to see him play uh see what go go check out the sags all right
1: so uh, let's go trey young
0: let's yeah let's go
1: trey young you wanted to talk about him a little I bit do.
0: Dropped he, 47 he's, the night in defeat, but he had 47. I, I just, I liked him. Look, we go back to that year two years ago, and and do uh, uh, all the dynamic games. You, he got our attention immediately. Uh, but, but he's doing it. Night's the same thing. It looks like he's playing against Baylor or Oklahoma State or Iowa State, right? Even, I mean, and that body, you know, didn't look like you wondered whether it would hold up or whether it was is it's, it was transferable to the NBA, right? right? And, I rem- I
1: remember talking to him and his dad, and, and they both thought there was no shot. He was a one and done. First of all, because of his body, and then his dad thought there would be more of of a, you know, a, a tough adjustment going to the NBA because he still looked like a boy at yeah. that point. And there was early, and there still is
0: to some degree. I mean, his numbers are are spectacular, averaging two, like points a game. right? All right. He's averaging twenty-eight, and and uh, he's, uh, he's he's capable of a fifty-point game any 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 given moment. Uh, no, he's a, and he's, ex, he's, he's a buzz about him. It's excitement. And remember, he led the league, in, he led the country in both categories at the time. How
1: many, how many games have they won so far this year, Buck? Uh,
0: well, that's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> how
1: you many know? games? Listen, here's one for you. How many games did they win at Oklahoma the year he was there? Okay. And how far did they go in the NCAA tournament? And then the year after? They want, they, I'll, I'll give you the numbers. They won 18 when he was there. They won 20 the year after. They went to the first round of the NCAA tournament the year he was there. They went to the second round of the tournament the year after. That's my worry with Trey Young. That's my worry is, is he enough of a team guy? Now, again, he's got the ability to make people better. I mean, he's averaging, what, uh, eight assists a game for the second straight year. He's got that shake and bake. He can make people better. But can he be the best player on a
0: playoff team I, I don't know if that's going to be the case fair question now they haven't been whole year you know, James Collins is important to them, and he's been out <laughs> and and we 'll see but but i'm just you know he's still he's still fun to watch he's fun to watch you know just like uh, I'm, and, and I call him junior junior young is john ja Morant you know the, there's a lot of similarities there last to watch <laughs> I mean talk <laughs> about a guy who's got a gear huh i mean that
1: that that dunk and the the I mean, everything he does is with ferocity, right? But the thing that separates John Morant from a lot of those, you know, the Russell Westbrook's in terms of the athleticism, is is he's got a better feel for the game. He he really's got a good feel, and if they surround him with better players in Memphis,
0: yeah,
1: you know, Jaron Jack, he's got a couple, but not enough. No, no. Um, if they can get another really good player in the draft this year, you know, same thing with Atlanta, like you said, John Collins comes back tonight. He's been suspended for twenty-five games. They got to get Kevin Herter going like he was playing the second half of last year. Yeah. He started. They've got some good pieces. But my, my biggest worry with Trey Young is like he's got to be the guy, the ball-dominant guard at in, in Oklahoma and at times at Atlanta. Guys stand around and watch. And the other part is he, he's abysmal defensively. He's got to get better there. But, man, he's fun to watch. Like you said, he can shoot it from anywhere. He's got court vision that a lot of people don't have. He, he's got the passing ability. I mean, there's some, some comparisons to Steph Curry at this stage, but actually he's way more effective um, and explosive offensively because he's been given the opportunity to do so in Atlanta. Yeah.
0: Right. He's got that carte blanche, you know, with the ball. There's no doubt. And it, that, that makes a big difference. So, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Isaiah Thomas. Oh. The only player, by the way, Bob, the only NBA player who has me blocked on Twitter oh, is my. Isaiah Thomas. Whoa. And he went into these stands – after a heckler the other night he didn't go after him he just went in the stands uh, to basically um advise him that he shouldn't be uh swearing and yelling profanity and, and, and the finger he gave him he gave him the finger too all right them, yeah. where 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 do you here, here's my take on this bob here's my take is if everybody did that um after being yelled uh f u uh the b word and and been given the finger wouldn't we have uh, somebody from every single game, every single game, there'd be an NBA player running up into the stands. Every college game, oh. there'd be somebody running up into the stands.
0: Like really, Isaiah? This, this is this was over the top for me. There's a couple of things at, at play here. One is the idea of the old "sticks and stones or break my bones" thing at all, uh, at all, and it appears that this was not a. They didn't have the the big uh, X factor. The racial component, right? It didn't have this the racial slur component. It didn't have the the N-word or anything else involved. It went, it's so for people who don't know, here's how stupid it was. This was about, as far as we can tell, this guy uh the game was in Washington, right? Game was in Philly. in Philly. In Philly. And the Philadelphia 76ers have a second half promotion that if with with for a frosty with with whoever that if the opposing player misses two free throws in a row. You get a frosty. <laughs> and, and and so this is the issue. He makes the guy's giving him all this crap, you know, because he's making free throws. It's so the the premise was stupid on both parts, but anyway, no, it, you can't, you you don't go into the Let's go back to the Malice of the Palace. This 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 prohibition, this this awareness, this understanding that this is the this is the ultimate. No, no, you don't do it. it all stems from that miserable night many many years ago in the Malice in the Palace. Uh, it, you can't go in the stands, and no, he wasn't going into to put his hands on the guy or anything, but you just, you, you don't, you do not go into the stance and, and any remote prob uh, uh, you know, sympathy that we may have had for Isaiah would have been, if it were some incredibly awful, racist thing, sure. maybe, maybe involving his wife, his mother, his daughter, as and on top of it, you know what I'm saying? And that would infuriate you and inflame you. But if this is about a frosty, I mean, this is, what is his mindset?
1: Well, he, he's – listen, Bob, he's thin-skinned enough to block me on Twitter because I've said that he's not nearly – back when he when he came to the Celtics and started really rolling with the Celtics, I always said he's not a top 25 player in the NBA. He never will be because he doesn't play a lick of defense. Yeah. And I said he'd never get paid. Now, I feel bad for Isaiah because, again, he got hurt and he really That's didn't a- get paid. But yeah. but remember, he he had the comment, back up the Brinks truck. Nobody was backing up the Brinks truck for him, even if he was healthy, because the situation in Boston was perfect for him. They had nobody else who could beat anybody off the bounce. Brad had to give him the ball and let him do his thing. But ultimately, Danny Ainge knew there was a cap on what you can do, again, kind of like with Trey Young, but certainly with Isaiah Thomas as is your best player. So, I mean, how thin skin do you got to be to block somebody for writing <laughs> for the, the – yeah, you know, you're not going to – you're not one of the top 25 players, which you're not.
0: No, that's absurd. I mean, but this, this act is this, uh, – two games is a pretty minimal, frankly, I guess. That's well, because
1: he didn't – because <laughs> it didn't get so heated right, and no. there was not nothing physical that ensued. He just – but, well, but I just go back to it, Bob. Think of how many – like Kevin Durant, everywhere he goes, you don't think he gets yelled things far worse than that? If oh, He could – he could go into the stands every single time. I mean, think of JJ Reddick back when he played for Duke. What he got. Adam Morrison used to tell me um, you know, the some of the things that, that, that he got yelled at when he went around the country. Robbie Hummel, you know, when he went to Indiana, used to tell me he used to get, you know, uh. crazy things yelled at him. I mean, we'd have every single game, multiple players going up in the uh. stands, if, if this were the case. So Isaiah, like you're lucky, right? I
0: would I would have hit him with a lot worse than two. Yeah. Well, he got two, and that's that. I don't know if that's going to be a sufficient deterrent or warning to people. You know, stay out of you know stay out of the stands. We'll see. But uh, it's, it's it's just I just find the fact that why the guy was getting on him is, is hilariously you know just laugh at it.
1: Like like I laugh. Kentucky not... fans when I'm at a Kentucky game are yelling at me all the time. All <laughs> the time I'm getting yelled at. Uh, you know, profanities, whatever, I get it on Twitter, obviously, like crazy. But even in person, if I'm walking down, I had a player a couple years ago, actually in, in, I think it was the Vegas Summer League, because it was a year maybe Ben Simmons wasn't playing. And I was walking down, and some guy with a Kentucky shirt hurled a ton of profanities at me. (laughs) And I just looked up and started smiling and laughing. Like, what what else are you going to do? Like, Isaiah, and you're not a rookie. You're not a rookie. You've been going through this a long time.
0: Yeah, no, it 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 it, it was foolish, but uh, absolutely foolish. Uh,
1: you know what else might be foolish? This, this in-season, oh, uh, preposterous idea of Adam Silver and whoever else to have this in-season tournament in which it appears as though they're going to throw the carrot in front of uh, the the players who win a million dollars for each player who wins or something like this. And they're going to try to do this thing in November, late November, early December. I don't even know their specifics. I just know, like to me, it, it, why? Why are we doing this? What the, the NBA? If you want to cut down the schedule, fine. Go from you know, go to seventy-eight, cut a few games off. If you're worried about this load load management or whatever, but this in-season tournament honestly it's a gimmick it's a gimmick
0: oh beyond i i don't understand it i'll be perfectly honest i haven't i haven't seen it laid out for me in detail uh the the mind the uh, thought process behind it eludes me The the uh, execution of it eludes me I, I just find it absolutely incredibly preposterous and i i'm just amazed because i really have to this point in time up to this year i've admired and liked and, and you know and and, and respected uh, Adam Silver and 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 I I just don't know what this is like an incredible overreaction to this great if it is to the restrict reaction to the ratings thing is that what it is Uh, yeah I I don't get it I I can't comprehend this thing it's just just, I can't obviously if they're going to throw that kind of money around the players will get their interest you know their attention I mean but beyond that who cares about who, who would win this thing and oh my god you're gonna hang a banner
1: and these guys are making $30 million. Like, yeah. honestly, do you, do you really think a million – I mean, again, the second unit guys, sure, a million dollars is going to be significant to those guys. But, you know, the, you, you really think Kawhi Leonard is going to be phased when you tell him you got a chance to win a million dollars. No, he's going to play when he wants to play and when he thinks he should play. And, <laughs> you know, right. same thing with LeBron. Those guys can make that in, in, in one commercial. They can, they can make a, a, a million dollars. So they're not going to put themselves out there. I, I just – I do. I think it's it's too much pressure now that that Adam Silver feels to to change certain things, and you know don't don't fix it if it's not broken. Again, I just think there's better ways. If you want to if you want to cut down the number of games, you know the one thing with the NBA is it's not like baseball, right? Baseball, you've got records yeah. that have been in place for so long, so you don't want to you don't want to cut the number of games. Really, NBA, there's no. There's no record, season records that mean points scored that season
0: or how many threes you, know, you hit. Nobody cares about I, that stuff. Oh, no, no. People don't. Most fans are vaguely aware that a modern fan is vaguely aware that Will Chamberlain once had a year where he scored 50 points a game. Those of us who live through it and are, you know, in the business and staff week could tell you, yes, it was actually, it was 50.4 points a game. Okay. <laughs> and, and he has like 27 rebounds on top of it, you know, in a world that doesn't exist anymore, you know, when they took more shots and, and missed and, and made fewer, you know, so uh, somebody had to get the rebounds, you know, all right. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's not about numbers. I don't know that his career total points, I don't know Kareem's total points. I don't know, uh, you know, who's the all time scoring leader in total points. I believe, um, still, I believe, uh, I, I by the way, I may be wrong. I know Carmelo Malone's like up there in the top two or three, you he know, is. so, um, you know, we don't have those kind of numbers. There's no number. There's no 511, 714, 56, you know, 56, you know, there's, there's no number like that. And in, 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 uh, in fact, in any other sport, there's there a number like that. That's not just true for baseball, for basketball. It's also true right. for hockey and it's true for football. I mean, you know, give me the number. Give me the total, the, the rushing total of Emmitt Smith. What's the number? Who knows? No clue. No, not. no,
1: zero. Clue. Now
0: we do know now five forty one because it's so fresh in our mind about uh, Breeze, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, this For fresh now, fine. But see if it's in anybody's mind in February. Anyway, I digress. I digress.
1: Um, um, hey, I, before we go, I, I want to get your thoughts on on since you brought up Will Chamberlain, h- how would he be in in today's NBA?
0: Well, you know the game is so different that would they play? T- would they? <laughs> Presented with a colossus such as Will, with the skill set that he had, seven feet one, uh, the, the, the strength that could, he was a great athlete. You know, he wasn't, he, he, he did a lot of, of decathlon stuff at Kansas. I mean, a lot of them, he, ran, he, he could throw the shot. He could, I can tell you stories from people about his incredible athletic prowess. How about, I'll give you this. One. And then, t- how, you know how strong he was? The, great, the late George Casada, who I believe was the greatest writer that ever covered the NBA, I'll go to my grave saying that, he, he, he wrote me a letter once, and it, 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 he saw Wilt Palm a bowling ball. <laughs> now, you think about <laughs> Come that. Come on. Come on. You tell that. To, oh, Shaq, you go, I want you to go out and try it now. I want, uh, Joel, <laughs> hey, Joel, you think you're cool? Go palm me a bowling ball, okay? <laughs> Wilt Palm the bowling ball, and Casada was a reliable source. This wasn't hearsay, okay? That's amazing. He said he once saw him throw underhand a uh, football 75 yards. Oh my God. you know, this is the kind of athlete Wilt was. Okay, to answer your question. It's gonna would would they allow him to play his game, or would they ignore him and have him stand out on the free throw line? Wilt had a turnaround jumper. This is the funny thing about Will and and, and Will. Wilt's pride was he didn't want people just to think of him as a seven foot freak. He wanted to be thought of as an athlete, and and and. And as time went on, he developed a turnaround jumper, which of course Russell loved because he figured if he makes his first one, he's going to want to take the next two or three for the rest yeah. of the night, you know. Which is which was true, which is true. And and everybody was thank you know they were just applauding. Thank you for Will for taking that turnaround. Back. It was a bank <laughs> shot too, and then, and it was good at it, but it wasn't you know that, anyway. What would he do? What, do? what do you do with any of those guys? Not just Will, which are, Kareem, uh, Bob Lanier, all the great low post centers of the past. And the game as it's played today, now, I just saw last week the 76ers were in town, and beat at 38 points, and a lot of them were inside. Yeah. you know, It was a very good balance of his modern technology, his modern skill set, inside-outside. He hit a three or two. In fact, he hit a crushing three in a big sequence of the game. But he also had a lot of his points were inside you know with with the with the footwork that he possesses uh, i don't know but i'd like to think that you would make an accommodation to have some kind of balance that's all i'm asking for with the game today i want to have would they-
1: Bob, would they have turned him into a a stretch five like they've done with with the Al Horfords. Oh,
0: Al Horfords! Oh, or, 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 of course they tend themselves. to look at Fizingas. You know, Fizingas is just an outgrowth of of, of you know he's the latest European you know and uh, who do it to do it. You know, uh, look at Dirk. Dirk never wanted to be a center. Dirk was never a center. He he won no part of that game. He wanted look no KD. part of that right of that low post, getting your right. butt kicked and fighting for position. Uh uh-uh. uh, no. So he gives comes up with one of the. Three or four great signature shots in the history of the game. You know that step back of his is is is, is, is a classic. I don't know. It's a great imponderable what they do with a Wilt Chamberlain today. I, I think the closest thing is we're looking at two guys in this league that have the requisite inside outside skills that could play the old way and a new way. And the other one, of course, I mentioned one, Embiid, and the other one is uh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know where you fit Jokic in all this. We can talk about him someday about whether he's going to you know decide to get in shape or not. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not it,
1: telling him that. I'm not telling Jokic anything, man. He 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 looks like he'd hurt us. So
0: But uh, uh anyway, it's a great imponderable. Will Chamberlain, yes, folks. Fifty point four points a game. And uh <laughs> great,
1: great.
0: All right, there you have it. Uh Ryan and Goodman
1: Podcast, Christmas edition. Bob, uh happy holidays. Happy
0: holidays to you, Jeff, and your family. And uh, we'll see you uh well was, no, next week. No, not
1: We gotta figure out where next week. It's gonna be from like a, a hotel in November. uh San Francisco, maybe, or something? I'm, I'm anchored. I'm fine. All right, we'll, we'll figure it out next week, but enjoy the time with your family, and we'll talk next week.